0: Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by ClearVoice Content Marketing Software, helping you decrease your time spent creating content by up to 50% while doubling your online engagement. Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide convince and convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud. And from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's
1: talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I'm very excited today, along with Jeff Cohen from Oracle Marketing Cloud, who's always by my side. We've also got Katrina Munsell joining us from Microsoft. So we're all aware of Microsoft, big, huge company. Um, but, you know, I think it'll be really interesting to understand how they're relating to certain, you know, demographics, certain target markets in very thoughtful ways. And we'll, we'll definitely dig into email. But before we get there, as always, Jeff has dug up an awesome stat for us. Um, he's probably going to touch on email. So Jeff, why, why don't you take the lead here?
2: Thanks, Randy. Great to be here again, as you say, for another episode of Content Pros. And our stat today is that you are six times more likely to get a click-through from an email campaign Than you are from a social post on Twitter. So that the battle of email versus social media still rages. What do you think about that one, Randy?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I think first of all, we have to, we have to, with any stat, we have to say it depends who you're talking to, right? And I think in general, sometimes we're living in a bubble. At least I can tell you I'm living in a bubble where, you know, every social media platform, every medium out there for digital marketing is the most important because we're hearing it about, about it all day long. But, you know, when you look at the masses, and you look at you know the app that everyone uses on their phone. You know it's not surprising that email is going to be the most successful, right? Um, you know definitely maybe there's some segments where who are going to be super engaged on Twitter, but if we're still talking about mass markets, I guess it doesn't surprise me. You know, what's your thoughts, Jeff?
2: Well, you could, as you say, when you think about different segments, different groups of people. I, I'm going to go straight to B 2 B because that's the world that I live in. And if you think about the platform where potential B2B customers live day in and day out, it's in their email. No matter how much we hear about new platforms like uh, these kids today on Snapchat or even business professionals communicating on Slack, it, it really comes down to email. And that's where the communication is happening. So it's it it actually makes a lot of sense to me. And I've, I've certainly seen some numbers that back it up where email is still the thing that drives almost the lion's share of the results.
1: Yeah, you know, when, when you start to actually think about the most effective way to engage with someone on a one to one known basis, I mean, email is perhaps our most direct one to one relationship. So maybe you can you know, just talk, Jeff, about some of the things that you've done over time, you know, to get better click through rates yourself on email campaigns. You know, what are some of the, you know, what's one thing that's worked really well in the strategies that you've implemented in different roles to ensure that you're getting closer to that 6x multiple?
2: Well, it's, it's one of those things. It really does come down to that, that subject line. It's it's just like people people have done lots of research on subject lines and the social media realm. They've done lots of lots of research on headlines and compelling words and words that work. and And if you really think about really think about who your target customer is, and create an email subject line that actually speaks to them, provides some benefit to them. It's uh, again, if you think about how content marketing works. It's, it's not about, it's not about what we do. It's how we can help you solve your problems. So if you think about that context in an email subject line perspective, those emails actually will perform a whole lot
1: better. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's so easy to go deep in terms of personalization wherever we talk um, about content and about relating to the people we're dealing with. So why don't, Jeff, why don't you bring in Kat, because I'm sure she's going to have some other ideas around this. And, you know, we could probably go pretty deep on email strategy today as far as content is concerned.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Randy. So our, our guest today is Katrina Munsell. With Microsoft, and as Randy said, we all we all know Microsoft, and this is a this is a great opportunity to to get some insight into how content marketing works at a, a big well known brand. So, Kat, welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, hey there, guys. How are you doing today?
2: Doing doing awesome. So, if you wanna if you wanna go ahead and kick off by weighing in a little bit on this this stat that we were talking about 6 times more likely to get click throughs from email than social you have some some thoughts on that
3: yeah i mean from the microsoft perspective i can tell you that email is still one of our top channels of driving engagement and um Generating awareness among our audiences. It's uh, something that's relevant. It goes with you wherever you go. It's on your cell phone, it's on your desktop. So it's something that we pay a lot of attention to, and we've got like teams set up around it to. To constantly look at new ways to innovate. How do we look at crafting subject lines, as you guys mentioned? And you know, once we we get people to open and and read that email, how do we keep them engaged? So all sorts of um, considerations about how to put together a good email and a good email marketing program.
2: Well, that's great. So let's actually pull back a little bit now that now that we've we've gotten to know you just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about. Your role uh, at Microsoft and and kind of where content marketing fits in into the larger picture or maybe the the smaller picture on the the teams that you work with.
3: Sure. So I am the content marketing lead for Microsoft's U.S. subsidiary, and as part of that, the team that I run drives everything from blogs and eBooks, but we also spend a good deal of time in email. So at the demand gen level, where we're using emails to bring people in to view this great content that we've created, and then also on the other side of the gate, or the so-called forms, in creating these nurture campaigns to bring our audiences further down the funnel at every stage of it.
2: So Microsoft is one of those companies that actually... Uh, works both on the B two B and B two C side of the world. Do you focus more on on one of those, or do you actually address both of, both of those audiences, say with different different products or different approaches?
3: Right. So we've got teams across the company, of course, that um, kind of address all of these different audiences. But where where I'm focused and where my team lives is in the commercial side of the business. So. We actually work on email campaigns that cross the whole commercial business portfolio. So, everything from SQL Server to Microsoft Surface to Office 365—it's all in there. So, um, yeah, uh, when we're when we're talking about these email campaigns or whatnot, and especially in the B two B audiences, you know, we're very much aware that they're B two B, but the way we try to approach them is if they're people. So I always like to to talk about what we do is more like person to person marketing rather than B2B marketing. And I think since we've made that pivot and that change in how we're viewing our audiences, you know, we've been able to do some great stuff within the way we're structuring our emails, the way we're designing them and the way we're writing them because we're really trying to get people's attention at the the person level rather than the business level. And that seems to be working really well for us.
1: Awesome, Kat. So, you know, we, you and I were chatting about this in terms of all the things that go into getting a perfect email out the door. Um, you know, we were chatting about this when, when I was out visiting you probably, probably just a few weeks ago. And, you know, one of the things that we, we got to was design, you know, and, and making sure we test for different design instances. And I want to make sure we get there because I think that's something that's probably so overlooked. But, you know, let's maybe start at the beginning of planning an email. Like you said, you know, at Microsoft and, you know, for many people who listen to content pros, you know, we're not always dealing with just one product. Um, so it's really tricky when we're going to, you know, blast everyone to determine, OK, well, wh- who's going to get some real estate into this email because we all want real estate in emails and to me one of the things that kills me is when I get an email from someone where I can tell everyone's fighting for real estate so I'm getting you know 10 different call to actions and 20 different messages in one email so how do you figure out you know from the beginning you know how you just plan for email and plan for content falling into email in a way that doesn't overwhelm people
3: right well, that's a great question, and so we've done a lot of testing and a lot of work, especially over the last year. And I think when we're like a good way to frame this up, when we're thinking about emails and how to put together the best approach, there are basically four steps that we go through, and there are four considerations to take when you're thinking about how to put together a good email. And so the first one is um, design. So when we look at emails, we've got to put together something that's visually compelling and that's easy to read and it's easy to for our, our reader to consume because after all, um, the attention span of somebody, it, it's within like a couple of seconds these days. So we've got to make sure that it's eye-catching and that somebody wants to look at this piece of content. The second thing that we look at is um, the content itself the subject matter of the email has got to be something compelling and interesting. And again, this is where I I spoke briefly before about a more person-to-person approach rather than a B2B approach. And that's where instead of coming at our audience with a straight, here's something about the features of our product or whatever, we're looking for angles on how to relate to them more as a person. So we're looking at, at how to give them information they need to do their job better. So, for example, the content of an email might be three ways to be more productive at work rather than a more feature or product-specific approach. And then the third thing that we're looking at is CTAs. So instead of um, pulling together emails where we're loading them up with maybe several different calls to action and links in there, we're really focused around a single CTA and driving our reader to do one thing. So um, it's a matter of framing that CTA up a little bit differently. So it's not necessarily a download now, but it's get the insights or something like that, something a little bit more interesting. And then, of course, there are all the design aspects of that, making it easy for somebody to touch on a mobile device with a finger. Um, And so we're framing things up with tiles or whatnot there. And then I think that the last thing that we look at, and it's not actually the last thing in terms of importance, but um, the fourth criteria here is really looking at our target audience and segmenting them appropriately. So the more specific we can get with our targeting, the better we can customize our content, and the more likely it is to be read. And that's kind of the, the basic overview of, of our strategy and our approach to designing and putting together a great email.
1: So, so I love that, that framework and, you know, we'll definitely make sure to get that into the show notes for people who want to go back and, and challenge their team. You know, again, just to recap there, we had, you know, the first one being design, making sure it's compelling and easy to read. The second one being the content and relating to people as, as people. The third being CTAs and, you know, making sure that, you know, we drop people to insights, not a download. And the fourth is thinking about who it is that we're actually talking to. Maybe you can speak to, on your team, how those responsibilities are broken up. Because, you know, we talk about design, which I kind of led with earlier. And then we talk about, you know, the content itself. I mean, in, in theory, to get really good output, those are two different individuals on your team um, who are going to do that. So, you know, one, maybe you can speak to just team structure. How do those two work together? When do they start to unite around an email campaign? And also how do you kind of you know go back and iterate in terms of who owns that?
3: Right, yeah, so I have a very tightly knit team and I've got some specialists who are awesome at design and then I've got um, business priority leads who are the subject matter experts in, in their area of Microsoft's commercial business. So those two people really work very tightly together um, I, I'd say that we come up with the subject matter or the content first, and then the designer works with that approach. And then, of course, the destination that we're driving to, to put together a, a really aesthetically pleasing email. Um, and so that's where it all comes together. It really is like a very tight-knit team. And like I said, everybody works hand-in-hand to build this final product. And of course, we're also interfacing with um, groups outside of our team who are the deep, deep campaign level and subject matter experts too, who can provide any guidance or insights that we need there as well.
1: So just just to clarify, because that helps for me at least paint a picture, that designer, are they involved in that original brainstorm or do you kind of provide a brief to them Thereafter, for them to work from, what's what's the practice that's either worked best for you, or just logistically has to be the way that you do it?
3: Yeah, it's it's more of the latter approach that you mentioned. So, you know, sometimes I got to tell you, we're working at such speed that we don't always have a formal written brief for everything that we do. But um, it's certainly working closely together and talking through the project about what we're trying to do and what the messaging is here, and then you know, with the emails that we're finding to be the most effective, they're not actually very lengthy at all. But, you know, the emails that are, are um, becoming the most engaging for us are the short ones that are just a couple of sentences long. So we're spending a lot of time on carefully crafting those couple of sentences and the hero banner text and the subject lines. So there's not a lot there to read. And that's actually intentional because I know that when people open up their emails, um, the one thing that I know is that they're not really reading it. They're digesting it and they're consuming it. So it's something that somebody's be able has to be able to see and understand right there. So that kind of circumvents the need for a, a whole um, drawn out briefing process, at least for us, because we're really trying to get to the, the crux of the message in just a few sentences. I, we really want to get people to click down to that next level.
2: So, Kat, let's let's dig into that engagement a little deeper. I, I know you you focus on engagement as, kind of as a as a metric of success, but I'd I'd love to hear a little more about not not just success in general, like how how you measure whether emails do well, but actually wondering if you take the framework of those those four parts and and look at the success of each kind of each section in other words focus on design and what did we do well and what can we learn for next time the content etc so how how do you think about kind of the the overall picture of success as well as success almost at a granular level of each of those four parts
3: Sure. So I I think when you look at the performance and the success of an email, it actually comes at different levels or different stages. The the first thing you got to do is you got to get somebody to open that email before you know that the rest of it is successful or not. So um, that's why you guys have heard it. And I know you've said it and it's out there and in all the blogs and literature, subject lines are so critically important. So the first thing we've got to do is we've got to put together a great subject line or or somebody's just not going to see the rest of it. So that's part of that content part. And of course, once somebody opens that email, um, they can see the whole thing. And that's where design and content actually come into play where they work together to, to draw somebody in enough to get them to click down to that CTA. So, um, you know, the success of an email comes in different stages, it's in different layers, and it's bringing somebody in click by click or just layer by layer into it more until ultimately success is if they click on that CTA and we get them to the destination and then, of course, from there, we've got a whole new ballpark going because, you know, when we get to the destination source, then we're looking at how they engage it, that layer of content as well. But, you know, a little bit beyond the email there, but that's, that's all part of the purpose of that email is to get that reader to the destination and to keep drawing them further and further down the funnel.
2: So before we continue with Kat, we're actually going to mention a great event coming up later on this summer in Toronto it's the Uber Flip experience and if you if you want to learn how to create manage and optimize content experiences for your entire buyer journey you definitely should check out this this great event this is me pitching for Randy Uber Flip is Randy's company and they're going to put on a great event this summer and if you want to find out more information Go to slash experience. And if you show up as a listener of Content Pros, Randy will personally shake your hand. So please show up.
1: You know it. You know it. I, <laughs> I can't, think we, can't beat I think, that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting close to like 10,000 downloads a month. So I could have a very busy hand that day, but uh, absolutely looking forward to it.
2: So bring, bring your hand sanitizer. But absolutely, Randy would, would love to see you there. So Kat, you actually mentioned clicking on that CTA and getting to the landing page. And as you said, that's moving off the email a little bit more into the content. What what does that content look like? What what kinds of things are you using to compel people to kind of move move through that journey and make those engaging connections?
3: Right. So in talking about the subject of the emails and what we're trying to do there. Um, you know, it's a variety of things that with our program, we're trying to drive people to. So we will be trying to drive our audiences anywhere to reading blog posts, which, of course, in the blog posts, there are additional CTAs to drive them even further down the funnel. Or sometimes we drive them straight to a landing page where we've got um, gated content, maybe like a webcast or an ebook or something really interesting that we want them to see. So uh, it's really putting together this tapestry of destinations, so to speak, where, where we've got a campaign in mind, um, and you're going to see emails coming out of us at various times, but you're going to get a variety of things. So even if it's related to the same campaign, we're going to send you to a, um, a buffet of different sources. It'll be a, a really interesting, cool blog about related content where we'll be looking to send people into um, downloading an ebook if they're interested into it one week and the next week it might be sending direct to that ebook or a webcast that's on some cool related topic so the the options are um, endless there and that's what I love about the whole email and putting together this journey it's because we can change it up so much even though at the the underlying core basis of it it might be all with the same campaign objective but um, the beauty and the artistry of email and the whole digital campaigns uh, and integrated marketing comes in spinning up different experiences to send our audiences on the same journey but with with all different sorts of sightseeing along the way if that makes sense.
2: I love that phrase you use, tapestry of of destinations. I, I think I'm going to have to steal that one from you, but of course, give you credit. Not a, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very it's a great visual metaphor for talking about what we do. And one of the things you mentioned specifically is in your campaigns actually including including links directly to blogs as well as the say the larger content asset that's further on down. And it, I'm I'm curious what that what that looks like and how you think about sort of how you think about the performance of that because in a in a traditional email campaign you might be more likely to send in other words you use email as the channel to send people to the content directly to that landing page as opposed to a Almost a higher higher level education piece like a blog post that requires another click to get to the landing page. How, how I just wanna get a sense of what those discussions look like. How you say, well, this is a this is a larger campaign and we think we can actually afford to send people to blog posts. We're not gonna to lose too many people on conversion or, or just what that kind of what that strategy looks like as you develop that idea
3: right yeah it's it's funny because it's almost sounds counterintuitive because as digital marketers one of the core principles that we try to stick to is to create The most seamless experience for our audiences possible, which means minimizing the number of clicks to get to a destination. And what I've just proposed to you actually sounds like we're adding an extra click or two to it. But the interesting thing that we've been finding is that it actually works if you can create content that resonates with your audience. So um, there's definitely value that we're bringing here. And it's appealing again to the audience at that person to person level. So if the email is talking about some really, really interesting related subject, like, uh, for example, a great one that we did around holiday time was a holiday gift guide for geeks. (laughs) And, um, instead of sending to, hey, buy this device or anything like that, we created a holiday gift guide that had a number of things in it, all very cool, interesting things, and sent to that. And, um, you know, one of the gifts, of course, was a device in there that could be used in a, a number of different ways. Um, so, saw enormous success with people just really interested in seeing this gift guide. And then of course, the people who are clicking down to the device are the ones who are actually more engaged and more interested in that final destination. So ultimately our conversions were a lot higher than if we had just tried to send everybody directly to more information about getting this device. And we've seen this phenomenon happen over and over again when we're doing it with blogs and related content. So that, um, that related content approach just really, really works. At least it has for us when we're finding it to be seriously effective.
1: So I want to just take a, a quick moment, moment before I get to the next question. We're really excited to bring in a new partner that we have here at Content Pros, and that's a company called Clear Voice. And if, if you recall earlier in the conversation, Kat talked about how you know even Microsoft can't do everything themselves, right? I mean, you're going to rely on some outsiders, you know, to fill voids, to help with design, to help with different aspects. Well, what Clear Voice is actually going to do is they're going to help you find some of those third-party saviors. To your content marketing strategy. So, as an example, if you're looking for a freelance writer, ClearVoice has a marketplace for that. If you're looking for influencers or some top trends, ClearVoice's content studio can help with that. Every aspect of that planning around content marketing are areas where ClearVoice is actually going to come to the rescue here. So, brand guidelines, keywords, personas. Really urge you to check it out. I did so today, checked out their website. If you actually want a demo, you can go to demo.clearvoice.com and get a free demo and get a better idea of how to plan, hire, and manage and distribute your content from one place. So that's Clearvoice. You know, just jumping back now to, to the conversation that we're having here, Kat, around, you know, how we manage this content, how we click people out. You know, I'm gonna put you a bit on the spot because I don't think we we really told you that that this question would come. But you know, we talked. I kept hearing you talk a lot about different blog posts to send people to, or in some p- cases maybe it was a a gated asset. I'm just wondering what success, if any, you've had. Uh, linking to video content from emails, because that's something that I, I find actually really gets me sometimes is when I've got, you know, I, I know you can't embed a video inside of an email properly per se, but even just that temptation to press the play button, you know, with someone's face or something like that, is, some, is that something that you guys have explored or testing or anything like that?
3: Yeah, you know, indeed we have. It's funny you should mention this because um, one of the kind of cool new innovations that we've been fooling around with are, are embedding these animated GIFs in our emails. And so by using that approach, um, you know, we can't embed the video in the email per se, but we can put an animated GIF in there that looks like it's a loop of the video playing. And then of course, putting that play button on top of it. So, um, an approach that we have just started trying, and we'll we'll have to see how successful it is. But uh, it is definitely something worth testing, and um, excited to kind of see the results there. And hopefully, I'll be able to come back to you guys with some learnings about that soon.
1: Awesome. So, without putting you on the spot for for data, to your point, um, you know, how are you kind of testing everything that we talked about so far today from the perspective of you know best. Uh, you know subject line to best copy to you know whether as you said earlier you're seeing a lot of success with shorter one-liner emails as opposed to the longer you know multiple paragraph email how how are you getting to some of those you know realizations um, where are you getting the data for some of that?
3: Right. Well, you know, it's a, it's a matter of constantly testing and optimizing. So, we are A-B testing across different aspects of our emails all the time. Um, we do not send out even a single email uh, that doesn't have some form of A-B test going out on it. So, pulling together these learnings all the time and seeing what happens. So, for example, on these broader programmatic changes that we've been talking about today with, you know, the, the four steps or the four pillars that I mentioned. Um, if you look at where we are today versus where we were about a year ago, I mean, I can tell you that our metrics on opens and clicks are, um, a minimum of, of two times and up to 11 times what we'd been seeing as far as a year ago. And then, um, on conversion rates, on driving people to related content before sending them to some of the gates, we're just seeing some really, really high conversion rates. So upwards of 50%, um, even by sending through people these, uh, these intermediate destinations. So it's all working really well. But, um, you know, there's no set process or there's no, this is the way to do it. I would say that, that the most important thing that we're doing is we keep testing new approaches and we keep seeing how we can push the limits or find new areas to change and um, engage with our audiences. So that's, that's what's so exciting about this digital world. It's, it's very much a, a real time game where you can try different things and you get your results right away. That's what I love about it.
2: Well, that, that sounds great, Kat. And we want to, before we close, we want to take you back to another exciting time when you were a child and you were looking forward to all the possibilities in your life. What what did you want to be when you grew up? And chances are it probably was not a digital marketer because we haven't really had anybody say that yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, considering the uh, interwebs weren't really there at the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say, let's see. I actually grew up thinking I was going to be a lawyer, and the funny thing is, I actually am. But um, I uh, am practicing digital marketing because, at least for me, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> so
1: that's awesome. <laughs> probably helps to have uh have that skill no matter what in terms of just evaluating and you know reasoning through all these different decisions that we have to make as content marketers so you know good to know it wasn't wasted right all that all that education
3: <laughs> yeah it's it's something anyways
1: well, listen, it, this has been great, Kat. It's it's really interesting to take a peek under the hood of, of a company like Microsoft, understand all the thought and reason going into it. I mean, I, I think one of the things we can take away is that no matter the size of organization that we are um, as marketers, there's the need to continue to test, to try new things and to approach with sound strategies. Um, and we'll make sure, as I said earlier, to post some of the notes from this at content pro contentprospodcast.com. Um, that's another place you can go to find past episodes if this is the first one you've stumbled upon. Uh, otherwise, please check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you like to get your podcasts. We're making sure Content Pros is there for you. And we do ask that you provide us feedback. Leave a review, good, bad, whatever it is we want to know. We want to understand the type of guests, the type of stories, the type of best practices that you as content marketers want to walk away with thanks so much for taking the time on behalf of jeff over at oracle marketing cloud i'm randy at uberflip and kat thanks so much for taking time to join us from microsoft today
0: thanks for tuning in to content pros please leave a review and subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast listening app go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits content pros is sponsored by clear voice content marketing software convince and convert oracle marketing cloud and by Uberflip, and is produced by Convince & Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast Imaging by audiopad.com.